What's happening, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Final Score Podcast as we move in uh, from the fall season to the winter sports season. Uh, Greg Swatek here with you, uh, joined by my colleague Alexander Dacey of the Frederick News Post. And Alexander and I will talk uh, Oakdale in the football state final in just a second. But on this week's episode coming up, uh, we'll have uh, Daryl Whiten, the head coach of the Frederick Community College men's basketball team. Uh, Coach Whiten in his second season at the helm of the Cougars. Uh, uh, a little more adjusted this season. Last season he was uh, coming aboard right as the season was starting, so it was a big challenge uh, for him in FCC. But, but this year um, uh, they have a little better uh, handle on things uh, heading into the season, and, and then there are 3-3 three and three to start. So, so we'll uh, talk to Coach Whiten about uh, uh, his team and his uh, season uh, uh, to come uh, at FCC. And uh, we look forward to that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, uh, Oakdale uh, High School Alexander uh, was in the 3A football final on Saturday. Uh, Fell a little bit short. Uh, Damascus uh, prevails for its uh, 12th state title, uh, 21-14. Final score I felt was a bit misleading because Damascus really – uh, controlled the game from start to finish, but but Oakdale, um, as, as always, uh, battled to the end. Right, and I mean, you know, they fell behind twenty-one nothing, and e- even when they, even when Oakdale started to, you know, find find itself late in the third quarter, and then you know into the fourth quarter, and, and got it back to within a touchdown. You know, it was the, it was one of those where it didn't really feel like it was in doubt, um, just because of how you know how Damascus commanded uh commanded just time of possession the line of scrimmage and you know their their running game was was just completely you, you know overwhelming and eventually just just sort of you know you know dragged him across the finish line but yeah I mean you know credit credit Oakdale despite you know going down 21 nothing there they um you know you know they got those two touchdowns to bring it back and I mean you, you know that ultimately they'll you, like you said Damascus really did control the game and I mean, they they ran it all. I think it was all but one. One of their plays was, was a rush, um, and they were they they were throwing some different looks there, but a lot of it was just sort of attacking the middle, you know, attacking where the Oakdale was really sorely missing Josh Crummett, who who wasn't able to suit up uh, on Saturday, um, and I mean they were just kind of attacking the you know you know the middle a lot, and I, and I I mean it really showed. You know, I don't know if. I don't know if he alone would have would have maybe sw- he alone probably wouldn't have swung the game in uh, in Oakdale's favor, but he sure would have really you know brought down some of some of Damascus's runs probably you know with with Dylan Donathan their big sort of their 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 big bull of a running back um, plus Michael Cooley their fullback and Thomas McDarby their quarterback who. Um, I know we were both remarking how effective they were running the quarterback sneaks so. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that, that was kind of the game right there. It was just a, you know, you know, pounded out running type game and, you know, Damascus just won the line of scrimmage battle. And I mean, that, that was that. Yeah. They also had a pretty cool play. I thought Damascus where they would, uh, put the, uh, back in motion, Mm. uh, they, they'd have, it would be a two back set. They'd put the one back in motion and then they could either pitch to that back uh, going to the outside, or the, or they could opt uh, for the inside uh, handoff too. So I, I thought that was a really well designed play, and and I, I think you agreed there yeah, definitely. And that, it was also and so they started the back. It was it was usually Donathan um, more out wide. So he almost he almost was out in not like I don't want to say a tight end position, but he was he was more kind of out that far. 
And then and then you're right, they'd start him and it sort of gave him the, you know, they, they could pitch, they could fake a pitch, they could plow it up the middle. It was a sort of almost like option kind of run, if that, you know, without like, you know, an option run not involving the quarterback, which, you know, kind of is cool and kind of, you know, really, really gets a defense moving, really, you know, you know has, has to keep a defense honest. And I think, you know, it definitely towards, towards the end of the game, I don't think they ran that quite as much, but... I mean, it was, you know, pretty much, I will say pretty much anything they did was, you know, was get, was at least chunking them off a few yards. Like there were very few, few, uh, you know, you know, a few plays for them that, that didn't go more than, you know, that didn't go more than like three, you know, three yards. Uh, you know, most of them were, they were, they were, they were just chunking, chunking off the yardage. So, but yeah, no, that, that play in particular, I thought was, you know, was 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 very effective yeah oakdale definitely missing josh crummett their 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 best uh uh interior lineman on on really both sides of the ball because he's a defensive tackle and he's also the team's center uh emotional leader team captain uh, all all that rolled into one uh coach kurt stein said after the game that damascus uh, was sort of running exactly where josh would be so, so they so they knew where 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 the weak spot in the line might be and they and they took advantage and and the game uh, simply could be boiled down to uh, Damascus could get the yard that it needed and Oakdale couldn't. Uh, they were stopped on a couple of fourth and ones on quarterback sneaks, including on, on the very first possession of the game on the goal line. Uh, o- Oakdale gets the ball first. Uh, then they, they uh, uh, zoom right down the field on a big uh, uh, run by Evan Austin, uh, a 57-yard run, which we had grown accustomed to seeing over the course of the playoffs. Uh him doing with him doing it with his legs as much as his arm, uh, but then it got to be fourth and goal on the one. They went for it and they they just couldn't get that yard, and it was a huge swing because Damascus comes back in five plays, marches ninety nine yards, uh, capped by a big uh, Dylan Donathan run. So so that was a big swing right there. And and Damascus every time they ran a quarterback sneak, I think they ran ten of them for almost sixty yards. A one went for like 17 yards. They they were they were just gashing Oakdale with the quarterback sneaks. So so that was really the difference in the game. Neither team threw all that much. I think Damascus completed the one pass for the touchdown. Oakdale uh, didn't didn't they, they they threw more, but 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 they got most of their yards on the ground too. I think Evan Austin went over 100 yards on the ground uh, again. Um, so it was just a line of scrimmage game, and, and Damascus was the better team there without um, without Josh. Um, just your, your, your thoughts on the, on the high school football season in general, um, Frederick high, you could argue was our best team, uh, from start to finish, uh, to this day, uh, not taking anything away from Oakdale or their, their, their great win over Frederick high. But, um, when, when you look at the balance of the two matchups, Frederick went to Oakdale led by 27 points, one by 21, and then Oakdale comes back and, 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 and goes down to the wire and, and they win by three. So not to take anything away from Oakdale, but but you can still make the strong argument that Frederick was our best team uh, start to finish, and, and they weren't even one of our four semifinalists. Uh, you had Urbana, Middletown, Brunswick, and Oakdale in the semifinals. So um, that, that that's half that's half our teams right there. So a, a, a really strong year for for county football once again. Definitely, and you know, just it it just kind of once again goes to show the the, the depth. I mean, you have. Those, you know, you know, the four semifinalists plus Frederick, but then you also have, you know, a team like Walkersville, which which really pushed the eventual, you know, two A state champion in Milford Mill. Um, that game was, 
I think within a touchdown until the the the, the last the last few minutes. Yeah, and, it was. And I I don't remember if they were up at half. I think they may have even been up at halftime. So, you know, that's a that's a you you know a team that can really hang with with some of the best. And you know, Lingenor was having a down year, but Lingenor is usually up there. Um, and then even you know even in you know more more at the at the one A level in particular, but Catoctin had a defense that was pretty that was pretty stout and got better all year. So you know despite their you know not them not having many wins, you know once they got down kind of again back to playing teams more at their you know you know at their classification at their level, they were really hanging tough and you you know you know keeping themselves in these games. So I mean that's that's eight of the ten teams right there had you know were at least, you know, competitive, if not outright excellent. Um, and, you know, it, hard, hard pressed to find eight, you know, a, another region or county where 80% of the teams are, you know, are at least at that level. I mean, maybe, maybe if you want to be, you know, maybe more fair, 70%, but um, still, you know, just an all around strong year. And, you know, I mean, like, like I know we were, we were talking about this earlier, you know, we, it could, could be even, you know, stronger next year, especially with with a team like Oakdale, you know, getting most of their guys back and, you know, the the field kind of clearing for them in 3A with uh with with some of the classification yeah, because, classification changes we're expecting. Fre- Frederick's going up to four A, three A, is yeah. that right? And then and, Damascus and, is dropping to two A, or at least is expected to. They have they haven't finalized. Two A, one A or two A, do you know? Just two A. They're gonna be like one of the the, the top or like the highest uh two a teams okay but... so, so so those are two major roadblocks yeah. uh out, out of the way for oakdale right off the bat and again most of their team comes back uh so so they have a great look on, on paper already at winning the state title you might you might call them the favorite although ligonor will have something to say about <laughs> that uh at, at some point in time and you have to figure ligonor is going to get better uh next uh, next season um so yeah and even if you look at the private schools uh, msd winning it winning an eight-man um uh, a, a league championship uh st john's had a decent first year under their coach uh, nate marr so uh frederick county again continues to be uh uh one of one of the best areas in in the entire state for high school uh, football and that certainly was the case uh this season so uh, so here we are. Uh, winter, or excuse me, fall sports is done. Uh, winter sports have started, but we're really not too far into it yet. Um, uh, so far, the Ligonor girls have made a strong uh, first impression in basketball. Uh, Middletown under Banner Wrestling got off to good starts. Middletown lost to South Carroll, but but no shame there because South Carroll is the reigning one A uh, state duels champion, and, and Middletown uh, uh, gave gave him a good battle. Um, so we'll talk more winter sports uh, next week when we have a little more uh, of a sample size and, and there have been a few more games played because we're just a couple of games in right now. But uh, Alexander, thanks as always for joining me. And when we come back, we will talk to uh, Daryl Whiten, a head coach of the uh, Frederick Community College men's basketball team. Uh, that's next. Stay with us here on The Final Score. Daryl Whiten has been a longtime fixture on the basketball scene in Frederick County. Uh, he's presently in his second season coaching the men's basketball team at Frederick Community College. And uh, we're very pleased to have Coach Whiten back on the podcast. Welcome, sir. I tell you, thank you, man, so much. It's a, it's a great honor. Uh, I'm forever grateful for this opportunity. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, before we talk basketball, you do a lot of work with Ajay Hill and the I Believe in Me um, organization. Uh, just 
tell me how you got involved with that and, and just about some of the work you guys are doing with Ajay. Well, I mean, a lot of the things that we're doing, and, and again, I, I'm forever grateful to be a board member for the uh, I Believe in Me and Ajay Hill, working closely along with him. It, it's just giving back to the community. Yeah, I like some of the things, you know, all the things that Ajay does. And then, you know, one of the things he always talks about is that, you know, when I was actually running the youth center and, and he used to be that young kid that came through the youth center and had the, you know, he had more or less like a vision that maybe one day that I like to actually be able to do uh, some of the same things and to just work alongside of him and, and get back to the community where we're talking about food, we're talking about shelter, we're talking about clothing, we're just talking about, you know, being a hope dealer. That, that's the whole thing. And like I told IJ is that, you know, being a hope dealer and then the word that H-O-P-E stands for helping our people to excel, you know, because as we empower people, you know, our community gets better, our family gets better, and then people in a whole just gets better. So, you know, we're just forever grateful to have the opportunity, you know, to change lives here in Frederick County. You, you guys are doing like weekly food drops and stuff like that? or well, well, we were doing weekly food drops. Now what's happening is, you know, uh, more or less towards the holiday season. So, you know, there'll be another one coming up. We have one at Thanksgiving, so there'll be something else uh, coming up here during the Christmas holiday. Yeah, I mean, how much manpower does it take to put on those weekly food drops it takes a lot right? well it, it takes a lot and uh, brad young you know who, who's our newly uh elected uh you know county official uh council person i mean it, it's a lot of manpower but our thing is that you know we don't want volunteers we want volunteers you know because when you have people out there volunteering and really putting their heart uh and sweat into it and and just more or less want to give back to the folks here in the community it just makes the things a whole lot easier you know you rather have you know 10 people who's going to really take initiative in what's going on as opposed to 100 that are just basically standing around well where do you do these food drops and stuff if someone wants to help where where can they do that uh the food drops are, are most generally uh off, off of a route 40 uh the right. OF the old Freddie town mall right in the parking uh, lot parking, there, right, right off yeah. the parking lot exactly okay. that's pretty much where we and, have and you do it every monday is it or you well, do them or we were on a schedule to do them every uh once a week and so forth but what's happening now they've just been coming up uh, throughout the holidays and and also as a need basis yeah and, and you guys are ramping up your activity during the holiday season i would imagine absolutely or, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, aji's got quite a story i mean he he sat in jail for a long time wondering like what he was going to do uh with his life and, and, he, and he's really turned it around in a big way as he's proving with his uh foundation um do you share Ajay's story with your players and your guys is sort of a sort of a source of inspiration uh, absolutely you know the thing of it is he shares his story because it can bring someone else joy uh, and not be afraid to actually share your story, you know, your testimony. And I even share things with them about myself, you know, because they got to realize that, hey, you know, no one is perfect, you know, and it's not so much of how you fall, but it's basically how you get back up. And and he's just done an outstanding job. And, and you could just hear, you don't really need to hear Ajay's testimony. You could just see him. And then once you see him, you can feel that vibe and that spirit that runs from him to you that really will inspire you and be the type of person. You know what? I want to not only be like him, but I want to be someone that can actually help him to help others in the community. Hey, has he spoken to your team at all? Uh, he hasn't, but that's on our uh, that's on our surprise list. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm sure he would really open some eyes uh, with your guys. So. Uh, so here we are in uh, year two at FCC, Daryl. Uh, you guys are three and three to start the season, uh, coming off a big win over Anne Arundel uh, Community College. It was a nice 20-point uh, win for you guys to get back up to 500. 
How are you better prepared for this season as opposed to this time last year when you guys were really jumping aboard a speeding train? Well, you grow through what you know. You, you know, you go through what you grow through what you go through, and and we were forever grateful for uh, last year having the opportunity. You know, yes, it was a a, a late pickup as far as uh, late in September. We started in October and those type of things, but we learned. We we took the losses last year as learned, uh, learning lessons and so forth. So we just learned throughout the whole process. You know, we brought in, was very fortunate to bring in a bigger coaching staff, and we have a strength and conditioning coach, nutritionist. You know, we have a, a guy that's our director of scouting services, recruiting. We also have an associate head coach. So we have five coaches uh, on board right now, and, and everybody is a piece of the puzzle. And I'll, I always tell them that I may, I may have the biggest piece, but it's not the most important piece because if we all cannot, can't work together, then we're not going to be doing what's good for our program. Give everyone the Cliff Notes version of how you got the job and just sort of what the challenge was last season. <laughs> just hopping aboard that speeding train. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was definitely a, a wonderful phone call, but a surprise phone call because it wasn't, you know, something that, you know, I was expecting. Um, I always tell folks, you never get denied, it just gets delayed. Um, I was always, uh, you know, thinking and praying one day that I could actually go to a place where I was being recruited by Al Panza and pay homage to him. So I, I got the call. I ended up sitting down and, and meeting with the new athletic director, Mr. Larry Johnson, who I think is outstanding, doing a great job at Frederick Community College. And then from there, you know, I just had to take a leap of faith, you know, prayed about it, talked to my wife about it, my family, talked to Coach Cal about it, talked also uh, Shaka Smart, also talked to my my college coach, Coach Joe DiCorcorio and, and, and Dr. Uh, Richard Taylor about the whole situation because it was a new thing for me. Um, and once I accepted uh, the position, I just took it and said, you know what, now it's time to just, you know, get rolling it and do what it is, you know, to have a successful um, a college basketball program. But but you were a late hire, though. I mean, you, you, yes, you came I aboard was. not long before the start of the season. <laughs> I did. Late September, uh, again, starting late October. And when we had our first game, again, I mean, we, we weren't able to bring in uh, any recruits. We was basically, as folks told me, you know, you was playing with house money, you know. You know so what, what was there is basically what we actually had accepted and we try to basically build from there. So, um, you know, it was again, it was a nice learning season, you know, long season. Um, but but it took us a while, but um, we finally uh, got it together at the end. You you were coaching high school ball in the county here, both boys and girls, with with, with a lot of success. So yes. what, what made you want to jump to the college level and coach – uh, community college basketball. Well, I always say that the surety missed success is a missed opportunity, and and it's been something that I prayed for for a long period of time. And, and here was the opportunity, uh, because the bus may only 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 come once. And having this opportunity, I, I thought it was the right fit. And and I'm forever grateful to not look in the rearview mirror and continue looking the windshield because the future is bright. Right. Well, how did you have to change as a coach, coaching college kids as opposed to high school kids? Well, one thing about college uh, athletics and college basketball, guys are a lot more. Uh, the physicality is different. The speed is different. And then also when you bring in a group of individuals as you're recruiting, everybody's been taught a certain way from their high school coach. Um, so I've learned that it's so it, it's not so much of you trying to correct them and say this is wrong and, and that's wrong. No, what you're doing is you're adding your piece and letting them know that what you're adding is going to enhance, you know, their ability on and off the floor. So it's just more or less, you know, bringing everybody together and getting everybody more or less uh, to buy in. You're a little different because now we're talking about some older individuals as opposed to young high school kids. 
in high school ball, you just work with what you got at the school. Um, Absolutely. Uh, whoever's in the school and whoever wants to come out with the basketball team, you, you choose the best players uh, from that particular school to play for you. In, Correct. in college, it's different. You have, a, you have a broader pool to select from, but, but it takes work. You have, you have to recruit. So how did you – did you have to learn how to recruit or how, how did you adjust to having to recruit? Well, I, I did ask some questions. I, I had an idea, so I asked some questions, and, and it was pretty much um, – you know, giving me some some good insight on how to do certain things. And, and what, you know, I, I call my recruiting or our recruiting season is the most wonderful time of the year. Mine is in more or less like in March. My wife's, her most wonderful time of the year is right now because she goes Black Friday shopping and so forth. But we don't get a chance to you, do that. Your, your Christmas yeah. season is in my the Christ, spring. My yeah. Christmas is in the spring. And, and, and our thing is that, you know, we're able to go out there and during the recruiting process, you have to be transparent and you have to be honest. And, and we never, uh, you know, try to sell our program, you know, whether it's Division One, Two, or Three. I mean, we've gone to basketball games. I've gone to get several games. And you'll see a D1 coach, D2 coach, D3 coach, NAI, Division One, or whatever. And you always see junior JUCO college coaches. But when we approach parents, our thing is that we don't focus on the level. We focus on the opportunity. And, and I always ask a parent, I said, I know you may um, have some interest from, you know, this school or that school, but just allow me to sit at the table and present to you our menu. Then you, if you want to order off of it, you know, you can. If not, then we'll have to go to the next year. But at least give us that opportunity, you know, to actually show you what our program is all about as a student athlete. Right. Tell us how you find players. Are you going to high school games all the time? Or are you just talking to other people, uh, traveling around, going to see players? I mean, just how do you find players? Well, I, I tell you, I used to be that high school coach sending emails, uh, you know, to um, college coaches. And now <laughs> I'm the coach that's, re, you know, more or less being a recipient of all those because, you know, you get tons of emails, you know, from high school coaches, players, you know, you get players that's talking about, hey, I'm going into the portal. Or you get players that saying, I want to come back. You know, I see that you're the coach now at FCC, so I want to come back and play for you. So so it's all fast uh, uh, ways of actually obtaining players. You know, I mean, we go to high school games, of course. I mean, we have five different coaches, and we all basically spread out. And we'll go wherever here, you know, primarily here in the community, in, in our county. We'll go to, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, wh wherever it may be. Uh, but we actually, you know, we, we get out there as far as high school, AAU, or whatever it may be. I mean, you have your own season to worry about. So how many high school games are you actually able to get to? Because there's only so many hours in the day, of course. Well, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I hope my wife didn't hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sometimes after practice, again, we'll, we'll have our schedule set. Once we're done practice, one coach will go to one school, one to go to another. So we're pretty much, this is all year round a process, you know, and you have to actually want it. Because if you think that you're going to be a coach, it's just going to be that seasonal coach from – uh, November to March, you're not going to be successful at all. I mean, every day you know, is a day where we're trying to get better and bring in uh, good quality student-athletes. All right, yeah, give, give me the sales pitch. Well, let's pretend I'm some basketball player of some note and I'm interested in playing for you at Frederick Community College. I've, I've invited you over to come speak to me. What, what, what's your sales pitch to sell me on well, FCC? Well, it's not a sale pitch. It's just an opportunity pitch that we're giving you. And one of the biggest things is that, you know, we have an outstanding institution. You know, our professors at Frederick Community College are just unbelievable. They care so much about every student. It's pretty much like their motto is that no student left behind. You know, pretty much. I, I've dealt with a lot of professors, and 
they just do an outstanding job. Of course, then we have the head of all heads. I mean, we have our new uh, president, Dr. Nessa Cheeks, the first African-American, you know, female president. And she's just all over it when it comes to, you know, our students. She does an outstanding job there. Then, you know, we, we have others there. We have Mr. Larry Johnson, who's very supportive of the athletic program there, you know, FCC. But one of, but one of the biggest things is, is outside of the education component is that cost, okay? Because it, it's always, why are we going to send our kid, okay, to an institution where he or she has to take out a student loan for twenty or $30,000, you know, just to go to that school? When you can actually come to our school, it's cheaper, okay, and you're going to probably play a whole lot more, and you're going to get a whole lot more exposure because now the transfer portal is not going anywhere. COVID's not going anywhere. So now we have college coaches as opposed to going into the high school ranks and giving up four-year four year, uh, uh, scholarships. They're going into the portal and maybe grabbing a kid because they can go into the portal and get two for the price of one that that particular individual is already college proven on and off the floor. They can come to the JUCO level. We got um, coaches calling us and saying, hey, who do you have? Because this is what we're looking for. So our whole thing is that, you know, you spend less and you're going to play more. And you're going to get probably, you know, the best education, you know, here at this level. Because I tell you, with FCC and the way that these student athletes excel afterwards, it's unbelievable. I was going to say, what, what, what separates that? You may have just answered the question. What, what separates FCC coach? Cause I, 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 a lot of people want me to play for them. Um, everyone sort of tells me how wonderful their institution is and how, how, how great everything is. Why, why, why should I come play for you at well, FCC? And another thing too, is that what I tell parents is that I'm not his father, but I'm going to treat him like he's my son. And, and that's very important because we can't just bring folks to our, a facility just because we want them to play ball. Now, we're taking these young men, you know, to be even quality men because the air is going to come out of ball one day. So we have to be able to give them something, you know, in return. And one of the best things we're going to give them is not only the education component, but we're going to give them that support to help them to be better and be successful, maybe not in this community, but wherever they go back to. And that's the that's the biggest thing. Well, when you're making these opportunity pitches, is it, is it just you or do you have some uh, assistance with you? And, and where do they take place typically in, in the players' homes or do you do you do they come to the school or just how, do, how does the process generally and, work? And the process is, I mean, it could be a Zoom call. OK, okay? it could actually be in the living room. Um, it could be in the kitchen, wherever, you know, while they're frying, whatever it may be, um, getting ready for dinner. Um, it could be uh, at the high school when you're actually going to um, watch high school games and so forth. You know, we're in a position right now where if we, we see a young, a young player or whatever, we can actually make them an offer. Okay, last year I didn't know anything about all this. Okay, this is this that was all new to me. So it 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 just gives you a leg up when you can say, hey, you know, we really like what you're doing. You know, we 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 study some of the stuff. Uh, we talk to your guidance counselor. We talk to your high school coaches because that's the whole thing. You know, when in the recruiting game, you may see one side, but you have to see it all. How's this home life? You know, those type of things. What type of support does he have? You know, how's he in the classroom? You know, you may be a kid on the court that can score 22, 25 points a game, but you're not going to school. So our thing is that, is that a good fit for our program? 
is that the type of person or potential player that we want to actually give a scholarship to? Right. The, the, the difference so far between year one and year two seems to be reflected already in the record. You guys are three and three this year. Last year, you got off to a rough start. And it was it was a real struggle to, to, to win a game last year just because you got such a late start. So it, it, it was a it was uh, I, I don't really look at it as a struggle. I just look at it. It was just a learning process. Um, and that's the way we looked at each and every game. We, we worked hard. You know, guy, we were in pretty much every game, but we just ran out of steam down the stretch or what have you. But, I mean, we're, we're just so excited about, uh, about this year, uh, the opportunity we had last year as well as the opportunity we have now because, you know, we're 3-3, three and three, we're 500 after six games, and last year it took us 11 to 12 games to get one. Right, exactly, right. So, so there, there's that difference right there. So uh, rec- when does recruiting typically wrap up? Is it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it goes, I mean, the springtime you said is your Christmas season. What, when do you have your roster set, really? Uh, we, we normally, most in general, like to have our roster set before uh, October. Okay. Um, September, or sometimes it, it's way before there. Um, it just depending on, you know, where players are at and, and as far as uh, who they're going to sign with and, and what do they want to do and so forth. One of the things that we always tell players that we're recruiting, we're not going to put a pause on recruiting. Sure, we would like to have you at our institution, but we can't hit the pause button because we hit the pause button waiting for you. We're going to miss out on the opportunity on someone else. So, so what are you going to like summer camps and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, to, to look at players because the high school season ends obviously in early March and the college season's over uh, in, in March, of course. So, so all summer you guys are just going to camps and, and talking to players and camps, stuff. Camps, summer league, AAU events, and you know just trying to see what it is. And then what we we try to do is also is that now this year's a little different because we have our players. And we know who's going to come back, who may be, who may not be coming back because our sophomores may be graduating. So we have a better idea, understanding, and what positions we need to fill. Is it more challenging to recruit on the community college level, or does that shorter window and affordability kind of help you out a little bit? I, I think it's more exciting than anything. I don't think it's much of a challenge. It's just a matter of you know having a passion and being able to go. Uh, into a home or wherever it may be and actually present them with the opportunity because too many of our young folks you know they have been told they've been told that hey you're d1 you're d1 you're d1 you're d1 then if they don't get that division one then they feel like they're a bus and that's why i say that it's only seven percent seven percent of high school students that after graduation that they end up getting a college scholarship. So if you get a scholarship to play at any level, don't focus so much on the level. Focus on the opportunity because without the books, there's no ball. And if you do a great job in the classroom, okay, yes, you know, you're you're scoring, whatever, but the most important thing is we tell folks every time, all the time, you have to hit the books because the air one day is going to come out the ball and you have to have something to go back to. Right. Do you miss coaching high school ball at all? I, I don't, I don't miss it. Um, uh, I, I just looked at it as it, it's something that really helped me um, to actually get to this level. So I'm forever grateful for guys like Steve Nibbs, Kevin Ketro, you know, um, uh, Mr. Wilcock, you know, Harry Putterman and, you know, all these guys that, had some type of belief in me, John Manley, you know, uh, Tom Faskas, you know, of course, you know, the great Bud Rogers and those guys giving me an opportunity, 
you know, to do something that I really love. It seems like you don't regret much. I mean, like like you said, you're a windshield guy, not a, not a rearview mirror guy. Exactly, because if, if if we stay focused on a rearview on a rearview mirror, eventually we're going to have an accident. You know, we can't do that. So we have to look, you know, towards the future and see what it is that God has for us. And I, again, I'm forever grateful for this opportunity. Right. You, you've been on before. I'm sure you've told these stories before, but you have a couple of high-profile mentors. Uh, John Calipari at Kentucky. You mentioned Shaka Smart. Um, just talk about how you met those guys and, and, and just how they help you as a coach. Well, Coach Cal, I, I met him because uh, I went to Clarion University of Pennsylvania. And that's, of course, where John went to school at as well. And I tell the folks the story all the time is that how we met. We was down in the basement of Campbell Hall. My mom and my uncle just dropped me off, and I'm just walking around the dorm. And next thing you know, here comes this guy with a basket, it's a uh, turquoise basket that had a hole in it on the left side. I still remember to this day. And he introduces himself, and I introduce myself to him. He goes, oh, hey, you're one of the, uh, the new recruits. If you ever need anything, I'm right across the street in the trailers. Um, and so, you know, we built that relationship ever since, you know, day one. And then, you know, now it's just been sky's the limit. I had an opportunity of taking my, uh, my staff down to Kentucky this past summer. We was there, you know, for like a week. And we also uh, went to University of Louisville. But Kentucky was just unbelievable. I mean, you know, we, we go to dinner with Coach, and he's talking to us and just giving us some ins and outs and, and everything, the do's and the don'ts. And, and my staff just loved it. And then Shaka Smart. You know, I met Shaka through a camp um, down at a Joe Wooten's camp many years ago, and the relationship started from there, and he went to Texas, and now he's at Marquette. I just like that these guys, you know, are willing to pick up the phone, return a text, or whatever it may be, you know, if I need some type of assistance, including Jamie Christian, who we're praying that he gets back into the coaching yeah, rights Yeah, he was at Mount St. Mary's and also yes. George Washington, and yes. he's trying to trying to stay stay active and looking for his next opportunity. Right. How, how often do you coach, talk to Coach Cal, and can you just shoot him a text and he'll respond quickly? I, or, it, um, right now, during the season, I could text him today, and I'll probably hear something back from him three or four days later. Okay. You know, yeah. during the season. Yeah, during right. the season. Yeah. You know, right. it'll probably take two, th two three, four yeah. days. Shock is pretty much the same way because it's all upbeat mode. Now, if I need something major, you know, that I need to talk about, then there's a code I have to put behind it, then they'll probably get back to me. <laughs> Wait, well, yeah. well, 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 what's the code? Like help or yeah. <laughs> a, 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 a SOS or something like that? Or <laughs> uh, it's just a, it's a little clarion thing, I guess. Yes. Um, Tell me about your team at FCC uh, uh, this year. It looks like you have a lot of players from Frederick County. Yes, we do. You know, this is a community's college. This isn't my college at all. Um, and, and, again, I mean, we, we have uh, quite a few guys here local. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some guys from West Virginia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, the Baltimore area as well. And, and I just think that, you know, we need to build our program at the grassroots. Um, this is Frederick Community College, and, you know, we, we need to build it. We have a lot of great student-athletes here uh, in Frederick County that I feel that can actually not only play at the next level but also help us out as well. And, and we're great grateful for this uh, team that we have. We have some size. We have guards. So last year our tallest guy was um, uh, 6'4", and that was if he would have plucked his hair out. No you kidding. Know, okay. know, yeah. So, I mean, and now we have him playing in a position that it's normally his right position – uh, he's playing more of a, uh, of a wing force. Yeah, uh, six seven, uh, Jaden Arrington from Frederick High School. So, oh. so you, uh, you have a bunch of six uh, six six five six five six four six six. 
uh, Andrew Young uh, from, from from Ligonor High School. So yeah, you, you guys got a little taller. Uh, oh yeah, uh, we did. It's, it's not good, Daryl, when short guys like us are on, are, are, are on the are among the tallest players yeah, on the team. So, absolutely. Is it a much different team from last year? Or do you do you bring a lot of guys back? Uh, we 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 pretty much uh, it's a much different team than last. year. We have three guys that returned from last year. Who are, who are they? Uh, we have Braden Jones, who's actually you know he was injured. Uh, he's gradually getting back. We got Thomas from Holloway from uh, Thomas Johnson. Um, uh, he's back. We have Mario Girl from um, uh, Urbana High School. So, so those are the guys you know that are back this year, and everyone else is uh, you know brand new. And and we're great, you know, super grateful for this. Did did everyone just move on, or were there some coaching decisions made about well, f- uh, turning over the roster? Well, s- some of the guys moved on. Uh, we had uh, Jack McGacky, who I really <laughs> wish we could have been able to retain him but he ended up going to uh, Lackawanna College we had another uh, young man um, who went to an HBCU we had another uh, player to end up going to Towson and we had another player end up going to um, uh, Pitt at Johnstown you know so we had you know four of the guys that have gone on and the others actually had graduated um, and just went to a four-year school uh, who, are, who are your horses who, who are you really counting on this season to help you uh, the whole team <laughs> that's for sure I mean, we, we got a lot of pieces of the puzzle and again, as long as we can continue to put these pieces together, you know, it, it can be really special. Um, you know, again, I mean, we've got a lot of good guys who are local. I mean, you mentioned Andrew Young. He's doing a great job for us. You know, Malik Weatherspoon, um, it's just, you know, he's our Mr. Double-Double uh, individual. He's, he's playing real well for us. Uh, Richard Burks, uh, Dora Brown, Brian Assign from uh, Thomas Johnson. So we're, we got a lot of good pieces uh, that we're putting together. One of the biggest pieces that we're missing, though, is uh, 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 George, uh, George uh, and pr- pronounce his name correctly, uh, Muz- Muzega. Muzega. Uh, yeah, he, he was killed in a car accident oh my July the 16th, around 3.30 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Um, he was uh, door dashing. He was our first recruit. That's uh, horrible. Yeah, we're, we're dedicating the season to him. Six seven kid from Loudoun County High School. Unbelievable, unbelievable uh, talent, uh, outstanding student athlete. And um, July the 16th, around like 3.30, 3.30, a.m. in the morning, door dashing, uh, was killed in a, uh, a car accident. I, I mean, how do, how, how do you process that? I mean, how have you helped the guys process that? Well, it, it's a tough thing. Uh, and, and FCC, you know, we, we have been very supportive of, you know, uh, kids need to talk to anybody or whatever, but it's a, it, it's an everyday process for me because he was my first recruit. Um, and again, as I told his mom, when I was in their living room, I said, George is not my son, but I'm a treating, you know, I'm not his father, but I'm a treating like he's my son. And the mother and the grandmother said, coach, he's yours, you know, take care of my baby. Um, and, and every day when he came to workouts and one day I, I remember it like it was yesterday, uh, he's leaving my office. I said, George, Hey, you know, be safe on the road, whatever. And he said, Coach, you know, no problem. Then I said, George, and he turned around again. I said, Hey, I love you. And he turned around. He said, Coach, he came, he embraced me. He said, Coach, I've never had a man that ever told me that he loved me. He said, Man, that meant so much to me. And sometimes I find myself reading the text messages, you know, that he and I used to text back and forth and, you know, being very appreciative. You know, the last text that I got from him was that, hey, I met with Mr. Bennett. I met with uh, Mr. Johnson, the AD. I'll see you on Monday with my physical as well as signing up for my classes. Well, he didn't make it to Monday. 
And that's why we tell every God, you know, there's no day, you know, no hour that we know. So we have to live each day to the fullest because tomorrow's not even promised. So what we do today, you know, should be the best that we can do. And then if we are fortunate enough by the grace of God that we actually get another day, we should actually try to have that day better than what it was the day before. And always try to lift and build self-esteem for all of everybody, especially our team. And we, we have talks every day. And I keep telling them that, you know, one day the air is going to come out of the ball or you're going to say, man, coach is giving us one of those talks again. I said, but I'm going to tell you, five, ten years from now or whatever it may be, you're going to remember. You're going to know what road to take because that's what we're always talking about, choices. You know, and again, I told them, I said, hey, you know, we've all made mistakes. Okay, I've made mistakes. But the biggest thing is how do we bounce back from those mistakes and how do we how are we able to help others from the things that we've basically grown from? What's your number one job as a college basketball coach, Daryl? My number one job as, as a college basketball coach is actually being able to empower. Okay, being able to empower young men. Because if you can give them a sense of hope and a sense of gratitude and they can feel your passion, they're going to be empowered to basically not only to believe in you, but most importantly, believe within themselves. Because now they're seeing somebody else that really believes in them. And and that's what it's all about. Because if we can do these things, man, our team, our community, the kid, the future of these kids is going to be unbelievable. Right. So, what are your expectations for the season? Here, here, here. You are three and three. Uh, you already have three wins. Where you said it took 11, 12 games uh, <laughs> to get that many last year. Uh, you you have a year under your belt. Uh, you feel you're better prepared. Uh, you, your recruiting classes uh, is is in place here fully. Um, just just how do you expect that to translate on the court? Well, I mean, like like I said, we have a thing. Our hashtag is that we're coming. Um, and we want to continue to get better each and every day. And, and we're not going to be satisfied with our performance because we know that we can do better. Uh, the biggest thing is that, you know, we would definitely uh, have an eye on that we want to play in a regional tournament this year. I, I think that would just be a huge, uh, a huge blessing for us. In fact, the regional tournament is at our place, so we're hosting it. Um, so that, that's one of our biggest goals uh, to be able to play in that uh, this year. And we'll see what, what, what happens from there. Uh, upcoming games at, at home against uh, CCBC uh, Catonsville on, on, on the 10th. Then you're at Garrett College on the 14th. Uh, and then you're home again on the 17th uh, against Mercer uh, Community College. Uh, so you have uh, three games uh, coming before the holidays, and then you get a bit of a break, and then we'll pick up after the new year. So uh, who, who are some of the teams to watch out for in, in, in the league? Well, Howard's uh, definitely uh, gotten off to a good and a uh, smart start. I mean, they, they only have lo- one loss this year. Uh, also, Montgomery-Rockville, both of them are – and Montgomery-Rockville are, are undefeated. So, um, you know, we played Howard. Howard beat us. Uh, you know, they beat us pretty good. And our thing is that if, if that's our measuring rod, you know, what we have to do, at least we know, what, you know, what it's going to have to take, you know, us as a team, you know, to get to where they are or to be even better. Are, are you having as much fun doing this as ever? I, I, I love it. You know, I, I really do. I, I tell folks every day, this is the dream job. Who would ever have thought that a kid from public housing, you know, being uh, going to Alpanza's basketball camps. OK, my brother and I are on one of the brochures and we still have that to this day you know, being at the camp and being recruited. I'm in the same office as Coach Panza was in. It's just rearranged a little bit. I'm sitting on the side that he was, you know, versus me being on the opposite side. Man, that's just paying, that's just full circle right there. And I am just 
super grateful because I always dream about this moment, being able to be at Frederick Community College. And I tell young folks out there every day, dreams do come true. You know, you just have to have faith, be able to trust and believe because these things can happen just as long as you continue to have an attitude of gratitude and watch what happens with anything that you're trying to do. How, how, how much is your story part of your opportunity pitches there? I, I think my, my story um, is uh, it is pretty much lines right up with it. You know, it, it's just basically, you know, having hope, having the opportunity, you know, having a praying family. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs verse three, I mean, Proverbs three, verse five and six. And that's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct the path. It's not what I do. Because every time when I try to do it myself, I always screw it up. But when I basically lean on my Lord and Savior's, you know, understanding, then I have a better picture. I have a better view. It may not come when you want it, but it's always going to be right on time. Because I always say, if I go to Home Depot and if I get something I need to put together, I just look at the box. Once I'm done putting it together, man, it's fabulous. But it only lasts for two hours. Because now it's all broken down because there was something in the put together, the instruction that I was looking at was wrong. So now I open up the box and I pull out the instructions. Now it takes me longer to put it together, but it lasts a long time. We always tell our players, are you a brick or you a sponge? That's what I brought to practice. And, I, and they're like, what are you doing, brick or a sponge? A brick is the person that when you're giving them information, it just rolls off of them. A sponge is the one that's going to absorb what it is that you're giving them because they want to get better. And I said, we don't, we don't want any microwavable players. One, <laughs> one day, I, I, bring in a, I bring in a small box, and I bring in a big box. Yeah. The small box is labeled, it's a microwave. The big box is labeled, it's the oven. I said, the microwave, if that's what you want, we'll get you 30 seconds, and hey, you want to be an All-American, it won't work. But let me tell you how you get to be not good, but great. You create the oven, Okay. You let it bake for 30 minutes. After it's done baking for 30 minutes, then you got to let it simmer a little bit. Then after that, then you get to eat it. That's just like walking in your house and you go, Mom, mm, something smells good. She goes, boy, don't you touch that. You know, <laughs> don't you let that cool down. But sometimes we want to speed up the process because we think that what we see on TV, it was all microwavable, how guys became all Americans. But no, nah, we got to trust the process and be willing to accept the end result as long as you're doing the right thing. There, there, there was once a pretty good NBA player named Vinny Johnson. His, his nickname was, was, he was, was, the was the microwave. Right. He was, shoot those jump shots. Right. But, but, he, but he was baked in the oven is, is what you're telling me, right? He was baked in the oven, but he was ready to shoot the jumpers when he had the opportunity. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Daryl Whiten, uh, the the head coach of the Frederick Community College men's basketball team. Thanks for coming in, sir. It, it, it's been a blast, and we wish you uh, continued success this year. Thank you so much. And also, I, I'll be remiss if I didn't say this. Chad Dickman has been unbelievable to me and this program. The head coach at Hood College. The head coach at Hood College. What a great mentor Chad Dickman has been to me. Pick up the phone, answer my text messages, everything. When I first had taken this job, I went and sat down with Chad Dickman, and he talked to me about the do's and the don'ts. And I am forever grateful for Chad Dickman, the, the things that he has taught me at this level, and also been able to pick up the phone and help me out 
each and every time that I reach out to him. But the biggest supporter that I have, and I'm forever grateful for her support, and that's my wife. Your wife. That's right. Yeah. I tell you, man. You couldn't you do it without her, I Oh, bet. absolutely, I couldn't. Yeah. No way. Do you have a code word with Chad, like an NSOS uh, code word with Chad, or does he get back to you right away? Oh, Chad's, so. Chad, Chad, <laughs> Chad's pretty good, that's for sure. And also, see, see Chad's local, too. I can go right to him. Uh, right. I leave a note on his door, yeah, say, Chad, yeah, I need you. you. You can knock on his door. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, Daryl, thanks for coming in. I uh, wish you continued success. And uh, thanks to Graham Cullen for producing, to Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on earlier and talking Frederick County Sports. Uh, we love doing the podcast here at The Final Score, and uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, take care, everyone. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>